Well, hello, people. Larry here from the Daily Larb. Hope you're well. 22nd of November. It's a Wednesday. That's what we call it. You know, we could have just as well called it Three's Day or Tuesday, depending on two as in number two. We could have called the week starting on a Monday, Wednesday, Tuesday, Three's Day, Four's Day, Five's Day, Six's Day, Seven's Day. Know what I mean? We could have even said there was 14 days in the week if we wanted to. Anyway, just some idle thoughts there. Um, I'm still on the subject of work and uh, I've got a little audio clip for you later on. Have it teed up to go out, I think around eight, 9 o'clock or something, UK time. It's a, it's a little clip um, where the BBC interviewed Roald Dahl about his work practice, his uh, creative process, it's his work practice. And... Uh, very interesting re- uh, listen rather it's a it's a video actually it's online it's readily available but uh, i dropped it into anchor it's a record this uh show with anchor and uh, if you're on anchor <laughs> you already know this but if you're listening on itunes or spreaker or something else well then you possibly don't know it but you know it now so drop the link in and uh, it extracts the audio and it's a it's an interesting insight into how he worked uh, the children's writer, you know, my kid loves Roald Dahl, and uh, uh, how he describes his workplace is familiar to me, um, and that got me thinking about working solo versus working with a team or collaborating with other people, and uh, it's a very different kind of dynamic. There is when you work alone a um, security that you're not necessarily dependent on anybody else if you're a writer um, if you're going to write your manuscript if you're going to write your book your short story whatever it is well then you just settle down you get into your space and you create um, if you're uh, I don't know if you're a musician maybe similar or a songwriter uh, the same but uh, most of us have to work with other people we don't have the luxury maybe maybe luxury is the wrong word um, maybe most of us don't want to work alone I get great pleasure working on my own I love the silence and the peace of just uh, being with my own self and coming up with stuff um, no pressure no outside influence in fact there mustn't be any outside influence it just has to be silence you know like now um, it's great but when you're in a family environment, it's very um, difficult to get that all the time. But I've got a shed down the, the end of the garden that um, I've got a little plan for. It's a well-built thing, blocks and proper roof and stuff. Um, anyway, that's for maybe the new year. But uh, working solo, I like it. But I also like working with people. But when it comes to me in my work, when I'm working with other people, whether it's whether I'm managing a project or whether I'm actually physically involved in the project, carrying out an element of the work. Um, I found over the years that I work best when I'm top of the pile, when I'm in charge, because then I can dictate how the job is done and I can make it good. You know, um, There's nothing worse for me than working with people with lower standards than me. It's a... Uh, it's, it runs contrary to something within me. I just can't do it. Um, if you're a, if you work solo, and well, maybe you know what I'm talking about, maybe you don't. But um, 
as far as I'm concerned, if I'm working with people, they need to raise their game to where I am, or else I'll raise my game to where they are if they're at a higher level than me. Uh, and I like that too. But there's got to be there's got to be a, a certain standard of work. Now, in previous times, that would cause me difficulty because I hadn't priced stuff high enough. But now it's different. It's a different ball game, thankfully. So, uh, with the benefit of hindsight and a little bit of experience, I have managed to set a price um, and I stick to it and I don't sway from it. If someone doesn't want to pay it, I walk away. And I've uh, been involved in a bit of a project recently where uh, mostly everybody who was previously involved, um, their standards were piss poor, you know. So when you find yourself in that particular situation, what do you do? There's, well, you've, you have a couple of choices. You either um, raise your game and end up ruffling a few, a few feathers, ask other people to raise their game, or you get out, um, or you keep to the standards that everyone else has set, which are shit. So um, this is the, the, the joy of working with other people. Um, personally, I can't, uh, if I'm going to stick around, everyone else has to up the ante a little bit. Um, and that's what had to happen on this particular project. So in any case, um, it does present an opportunity, though, to, uh, to learn a few things about yourself and other people um, in that kind of setup. Um, but the important thing is to uh, be able to hold your, hold your center and hold your ground because it can, be, um, it can be tricky and it can be difficult because you're dealing with other personalities and other people get the hump because uh, you're asking them to do things differently. And as far as they're concerned, they've been doing things just fine, you know? So um, anyway, you've got, to be, uh, you've got to hold your ground to a large extent, um, but it's worth it, I think, in the end. So reason being is you get a better result, don't you? And everybody's happier. Um, and especially if you're doing something that, uh, if it's done, Contrary to, let's say, uh, regulatory procedures, you could be in trouble, you know. So it's worth uh, it's worth sticking to your guns, or else walk away, you know. But as an artist, um, there is the luxury in being able to set your standard and uh, and keep to it uh, without having to worry about anybody else, unless that is you allow the opinions of people close to you uh, get inside you, you know. Uh, and it can be tricky when that happens, especially if you're uh, if you're somewhat addicted to the kind of praise or whatever, because um, when that happens, when you when you become reliant on what other people think, well, then uh, it can be tricky to create your best work. Um, it's actually detrimental. That's what I found anyway. But uh, just a few thoughts there today on that, um, working solo versus working in a group dynamic. And uh, I think a, a balance of both is good. You know, I suppose as a writer, let's say, you would have to work with an editor, you would have to work with uh, proofreaders, you would have to work with marketing and all that kind of stuff, So, uh, and designers for your book cover. So it does involve other people, but in the core creation of the, the creation of the core thing, well, you're on your own. Um, but it does mean when you're working with, let's say, an editor, that you have to maybe compromise um, or refine what you're doing, maybe cut out pieces that are unnecessary and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and that, that takes an ability to, 
to work with other people. But uh, it's a funny old thing, you know, you have to find that balance. And um, at the end of the day, the, once everybody's on the same page, um, uh, you can produce something good. Uh, and the same with an artist in an art gallery and all that kind of thing, you know. Um, anyway, just my thoughts on, further thoughts on work today, uh, because uh, it interests me greatly. So, uh, whatever you're up to today, I hope you're having a good one. And uh, it's been pissing rain all day here, so uh, not to worry. But uh, so that's it for now. I'll be back later on. And make sure you you uh, listen out for the Roald Dahl piece that's coming on about nine o'clock. <clears throat> uh, it's very good. Okay, talk to you later. Good luck. I couldn't possibly work in the house, especially when there used to be a lot of children around, and even when there aren't children, there are vacuum cleaners and people bustling about. Now, I always write in this little hut. I always have. It, it is absolutely quiet up here. It may not be uh, pretty or tidy, and it certainly hasn't been cleaned and the floor hasn't been swept for five years at least. So it's full of everything. The only thing I, I, I did uh, remove about two years ago uh, we had a goat that got in and there were some goat droppings on the floor and I thought, well, I'd better get a dustpan and sweep those up, and I did. I've taken a great deal of trouble with the actual chair I sit in and the place I put my feet, which is tied to the legs of the chair so I don't shove it away when I press my feet against it. Also in the winter I get into a sleeping bag and that's right up to my chest. Keep the feet warm, the legs warm. And I always use six pencils, and they always have to be sharpened before I start. Finally, you get settled. You get into a sort of nest and get really comfortable. And then you're away. pencil doesn't very often touch the paper. It's looking and musing and correcting and then, then you do a little writing and, and uh, in the end you get something done. But your concentration is fairly intense. You, you, you're lost. You're into this world of the story that you happen to be doing. It, it's terrifically demanding, you know. What do I write? Four, four and a half hours a day. So a quarter of my waking hours I am completely immersed in a dotty world of fantasy. And you come out, you know, in a kind of moony state. To my mind, I don't think there's any question that to write a children's book of comparable quality to a fine adult novel or story is more difficult. It's much well, more difficult to achieve the children's book. Now, why is that? Goodness knows. I do you have to put yourself in their minds, or is that the wrong way? Yes, to you do. It? You see, when you're when you're old enough to 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 uh, and experienced enough to to be a competent writer, uh, and you're ready to write a book for children, because a young person can't do it. Child can't. Do it. Uh, by then, you're usually you become uh, pompous and and. Uh, uh, adult, grown up, and, 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 and you've lost all your jokiness. You don't have any... any, any, any and, and so 
unless you are a kind of undeveloped uh, adult and you still have an enormous amount of childishness in you and you giggle at funny stories and jokes and things, I don't think you can do it. Another of the things one hears about writing for children, and I'd love to know whether it's a myth or not, is that children are very severe critics. Well, I, I think they take the, the, the books far more seriously than adults. If you read a novel, a good, goodish novel, you read it, you enjoy it, and you put it down. And that's it. And then you go look for the next one. Uh, if a children, if a child picks up a book and likes it, uh, that's not the end of it, you know. It's at least it's read at least four, five, and sometimes fifteen times. And each time, it's got to stand up to that. Uh, sooner or later, some of them finish by knowing them by heart. A rural vantage point in a small home county's village hasn't restricted Dahl's vision. His wide-ranging interests from the domestic to the romantic contribute hugely to the pleasure of reading his books. His stories are like his life, full of offbeat bits of colour and knowledge. He's about as near as you'll find to a 20th century Renaissance man. And inside that hand, there's a controlled kaleidoscope of riotous imagination, immense literary skill, and most important of all to him, the sheer enjoyment of living. I love pictures, and I've always collected pictures, even when I couldn't afford to buy them. And now I have some good ones, lovely ones. I love wine, and uh, have several thousand bottles in the cellar. I love furniture especially 18th century English furniture. I love uh, cultivating plants, especially orchids. Uh, a lot of things, you know. I think nearly everyone, every sane and semi-intelligent person likes those sort of things. <laughs> we have a, a good snooker table in the house. And uh, we play three times a week. And that's played with my local friends. Sunday's a long session. I mean, we start at 6.30, four of us, and we finish about 11. And uh, someone brings in some sausages in the middle. Uh, that's lovely, snooker. I mean, it is so difficult to play, you see. And, and what infuriates all of us, and I think especially me, is it, it's one thing that you cannot get really good at, however hard you try unless you are supremely gifted, born with it. You're very successful. Why do you still write? You don't need to presumably work anymore. Oh, I love it. I love it, yes. I, I don't know what I'd do without having something to work and worry about uh, all day. You've been telling the children who write you that you're now 66, you're getting old and you're feeling old, and if I may say so, you're not looking old. You look yeah, as if I you're going to go on forever. <laughs> no, I feel very ancient. <laughs> when eventually you do finally have to give up or want to give up, whichever comes first. Mm. Um, when, when, when I die. When you die. Yeah. Is there any particular way in which you want to have been remembered? Say by a child who turns into an adult? Uh, well, I, I, you can quote Oscar Wilde, 
And so when I am gone, I hope it will be said, my sins were scarlet, but my books were red. <laughs> so uh, you listened to the Roald Dahl uh, BBC interview there, and um, it's, it's interesting to hear how uh, established, or established, he's dead now, <laughs> I suppose he's, a, he's established, as established as he's going to get. Uh, he's well known, very popular, and when you see how simple his process is for doing what he does or what he did, um, I don't know about you, but I can see kind of similarities in what I do, and it's uh, it's kind of comforting to know that um, what you're doing when you when you go out to do your thing without kind of uh, influence from other people or uh, advice from other people, and you find that some of the stuff that you're doing that other people are doing, I think it's cool, and maybe you can see some of that in what you do too. Um, or maybe I'm just so fucking naive that uh, I didn't even see it to begin with and it's completely taken for granted by all creative people I don't know I'm just saying what I see you know um, but I'll refer back to the artist manifesto which I wrote about 8 months ago and in it um, there's a section that deals with the importance of finding your own space, your creative space, to get away from the world. Um, but likewise, uh, I also wrote about the importance of coming back into the world to show your stuff off. Um, and you can see that's what Roald Dahl does. Everybody has to do it. Sure, if you don't, sure, where's your stuff going to be? It's just going to stay in a shelf. Worthless. Maybe when you die, someone will discover it, but uh, that's no good to you now. So, I truly believe that the trick is, it's not even a trick, it's so bloody obvious that we just don't do it. Um, to just do what you want to do, do it now, do it well, do it with a good attitude, and, you know, good stuff happens. I really mean that. And uh, you don't have to sit around praying to God all day. You don't have to sit around making affirmations all day. Or, or praising whoever it is you want to praise. You know, you really don't. In my opinion, you don't. You just, like, is it not? Get this. Is it not good enough? Is it not praise enough? Is it not uh, worship enough of whatever God you want to worship to get out there and do what you are meant to do on this planet without sitting around in the lotus position or, or sitting in a church praying for forgiveness or any of this stuff or, or writing affirmations in an affirmation book or any of this kind of stuff like is it not praise and thanks enough to go out and express what it is that you've got to the best of your ability I mean is, this is obvious to me what do you think I'd love to know because I'm on social media probably I want to be on it less to be quite honest with you I enjoy recording audio. It's a creative outlet for me. It's a means by which I can express what I'm thinking, what I feel. But the predominant culture seems to be, and I'm sorry guys, but it's a bit sickening, to be honest with you. The predominant culture seems to be, you're either giving out shit 
about someone who's doing shit that you don't want them to do and and trying to gather people around you with the same ideas to moan and groan about things or else you're praising stuff for the sake of praising it like I don't know if you really get this or not or what I'm trying to say here but there's there's almost too much of this positivity in my opinion the world is not meant to be one side or the other it exists with both and you've got to take the good days when they come take the bad days when they come and forget about trying to escape to something forget about trying to find something off there in the future somewhere that's going to give you a better life because it doesn't exist it's an illusion rubbish you know so just get on with it just get out just make what you want to make and do your best give it your best that's praise enough in my opinion so to finish up today's episode of the daily larp i've been larry mcguire larry g mcguire the g is for gerard if you happen to wonder and you'll get all my stuff over at larrygmcguire.com that's where i write on a weekly basis that's where I stick all my audio, most of my audio. And um, I do it because I want to. I do it because I feel like doing it. Um, I like to make stuff. I like to share ideas. And uh, maybe they resonate, maybe they don't. But if you're listening in, I want to say thanks. Because it means a lot. Uh, it does. And I'm not just saying that. Um, if you want to get a free copy of the Artist Manifesto, get over to my homepage, larrygmaguire.com. It's right there on the front. You can download it, it's free. All you need to do is give me your email address and I'll shoot you Sunday letters every Sunday and the occasional other email. I don't tend, I don't sell uh, to my list, at least not, not now. I don't have anything particular to sell except for some drawings that I have uh, that I work on. I do a little bit of charcoal, portraits. And uh, I, don't, I don't sell to that email list at, at all really. It's just stuff that I like to share. And uh, this is the Daily Larb, and it's, a, it's an audio that I create um, using Anchor, little iPhone app. And uh, it's a good app, although like all kind of social media-ish type stuff, uh, there tends to be some stuff that, I don't know, is purely made for the sake of numbers, and I try not to get caught up in that. It's, uh, but it's, I, I appreciate it's difficult. But I, the reason why I wrote the Artist Manifesto and the reason why I say this is because I'm trying to convince myself to stay focused on the material, stay, stay focused on the content. And, and if you like it, if a lot of people like it or a few people like it, it doesn't matter. Um, lots of people seem to like it, and that's great. Uh, not looking to take over the world, I just want to do what I want to do, and that's it. So if you like my stuff, let me know. If you don't, if you disagree with some of the stuff that I say, let me know. Love to hear from you. And uh, if you're listening on iTunes, give us an L recommend there, will you? Give us a give us an L comment. <laughs> or uh, uh, Spreaker, you'll also get this, Google Play. Uh, and like I said, all my stuff is over at larrygmaguire.com. And uh, I write there weekly and uh, love to see you over there. All right, so wherever you're up to, it's evening here. I'm about to sign off. Uh, just finished an exam tonight. was writing about Freud. I might do an episode on Freud. There's a lot of uh, misinformation out there about the dude. Anyway, 
that's me for now. Hope you have a good night, day, morning, wherever. Take care. Talk to you.